see. <clears throat> we testing. We are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Someone Else with yours truly, Property by Kazi. Uh, it's something we do each and every Sunday, 6 p.m., live instagram live um where we get to ask an industry expert a loads of amazing questions about this property space that we all know and love um got some great news for you as well we are now available on spotify apple Podcasts, amazon Podcasts. so if you want to listen in your spare time while driving make sure you log in first episode up there is with um, the man himself tex jones a property developer doing loads of great things that that's live over there so you can go and save that download that and listen to that at your leisure um today got a great episode with a guest um gonna try and get her in now let's have a look um and it's gonna be aging episode i'm actually surprised we haven't done one of these thus far um it's long overdue <laughs> how you doing you okay <laughs> hey hi everyone we much we much appreciate you i'd just like to say thank you very much i know it was a busy sunday for you and i gave you the wrong dates but you're still obliged no to, uh, thank, thank you for having me meet us whilst in your car so again we, we appreciate <laughs> the efforts that you've got to um so hopefully we have a really good episode yeah I, i'm sure we will how you doing? How's your weekend been? Busy, busy as always. Um, but it's been a really successful week, work, like weekend work-wise. Um, had a great good. Saturday and, and a lovely family Sunday. That's good. That's good. That's good. Because you are actually your name is the the, the property <laughs> mum. So you've made sure that you've got that work-life balance even in your Instagram name. Well, you know, I just want wanted my um, Instagram page to represent the whole of me and yeah. being a mum is what's driven me really to be honest to get to where I am today so yeah I felt like it, it was well fitted that's good that's good that's good and funny enough I think you were probably actually one of one of my first maybe 100 followers like very yeah. very 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 early on so appreciate all the support um you know through the through my journey and I've seen some growth on your side as well which has been amazing so it's great to have you on well, absolutely nothing like your growth though to be fair but i mean i could see from the very outset in your early early days um i was just literally so engrossed with what you have already achieved and and the fact that you had kind of not already shared it it was just so inspiring yeah i'm i'm, I'm a late comer to instagram but but you know start no, late finish humble. fast <laughs> it's, it's really humble it's really you know when i when we first ever spoke i would you know that was something that i think why people really um like buy into to the, your whole business and, and what you do because you're just a very genuine, humble guy. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. And thank you everyone for taking the time out on your Sunday for joining us today. Mm -hmm. um, you're actually one of the first people that sent me a deck of uh, questions, you know, <laughs> to discuss. So you're clearly, clearly very organized. Well, you know, it, it comes part of the job. So everything is it, always plans in, in for me. Uh, it has I to be. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I do like to throw in some curveballs. So I do have your deck. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll discuss um, things throughout the whole property sphere. But I think if you introduce yourself in terms of what you do in property, you know, your, your drives and we can get into a conversation. Okay, so um, I actually fell into the property industry about two years ago, um, but I've taken a lead, like lead in sales, um, sales and lettings, but I think my passion is probably sales um, within the past year. Um, and that inspired me to start an Instagram page because uh, through just networking, I mean, in the really early days, um, I just started networking at like pin meetings at Corey.
and just meeting sort of like all different types of, of roles in property um and it opened my eyes that the general estate agent um doesn't tend to really cross over too much with the developers side of it um and the investment side of it um and it just really intrigued me and joining instagram has just helped me network and most importantly learn so much and i think the belief i have in myself now just by actually you know being a bit like watching and, and learning from the the people that i'm sort of aspiring to be like like yourself um it's just sort of taught me how to my strategy um which we all have our own unique way uh, a, a plan i should say to get to where we want to be um where i'm at at the moment um again london property mom is a real page i'm a real person um and i am probably you know about a quarter of my journey into where i want to be um and you know i'm an estate agent i work full-time i have three children um i'm saving and as soon as I'm in the position, I will be following in uh, Cassie's footsteps. <laughs> good, that's good. So um, you, you touched on, I think, there's a lot of things you touched on there, and we'll sort of break them down individually. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, they want to know how to get into property. And I think you touched on two really key things in terms of your your journey, you know, to where you, where you want to go and different things you want to do in your journey versus what you're doing now and also the importance of networking so what, what type of events did you actually um did you attend you said pin was one of them yeah so um the pin meeting is a network of um property investors and it's all over london uh, mm. i can't remember exactly how many meetings take place but I, I believe there's about 20 and maybe more so there's one in most people's um sort of areas of chosen mm. investment areas um, these meetings just allow you to um, be, you have that direct interaction with all walks of, of, um, of people from the property industry, even from like mortgage advisors um, up into, you know, the, the, the big boys. I've met guys that work for like Galloway's and, and you know, they're right at the top. Mm -hmm. So um, it just sort of opened my eyes. Other sort of networking uh, places that you can you can sort of meet people is forums, um, Instagram uh, there's always sort of, like there's always um, clubhouse like meetings that uh, I mean that's just changed everything for everybody hasn't it really that's changed yeah. the whole networking game um, there's so much out there guys even uh, I, I once signed up to and, and unfortunately wasn't <laughs> allowed to go but like a landlord's meeting with <laughs> Southwark and um, yeah I'm yeah, not a no. landlord so <laughs> but yeah no there's you just you're right put though. yourself out there you have to put yourself out there I mean I if I meet a developer, I'll go to the development site. Um, you know, you don't have to be in that position to learn and to live it and experience it. It's all preparation. Yeah, I think that's really important, particularly because I've had a few friends that are agents and I was saying that I think I've been to pin meetings and similar like property networking events um, in and around London. And even when I tell people that are interested in the space, a lot of people feel like if I'm not, if they're not where they want to be in their journey, potentially, that that meeting's not for them. But yeah. you can literally, like you said, you can have a conversation with, it doesn't matter what somebody's doing. So somebody could be doing um, inventory inspections. They could have an EPC company. You could be an estate agent. You could be a massive developer. You can be an architect. But we're all looking for people with different services within the industry. And there's a lot of people that, for example, the guy I use for my EPCs, I met him at a networking event. He's now my go-to guy when I, when I was running a rent-to-rent -rent business. 
I think they were supplying us with, you know, 50 EPCs, yeah, you know, on a regular yeah. basis. So it's just building those connections through making sure you do, like you said, put yourself out there. Absolutely. Um, because you don't know what it is you want also a lot of the time. You mentioned that you sort of fell into property. I think if you mm -hmm. don't put yourself out there, you might not know exactly what it is that you want until you meet those yeah. people that are doing it that can explain why why it can be great. Um, yeah. So for those, again, like this is literally an opportunity to ask questions. So we've had a couple um, in the comment section. You've also got an option to pin a question to ask, and then we can sort of discuss that directly. So what um, actually, what area is it? Where, where in London do you, do you work? What area? So currently I'm covering West Norwood and West Dulwich, some parts of um, SW16, but really just the sort of borderlines, Liam Court Road. Okay. I have covered quite a few areas since starting. I started off in Loughborough Junction. Mm -hmm. um, uh, most of the, the developments we was working with was in Croydon um, and then I've moved on to Dulwich I spent a year in Dulwich which was was fantastic experience as you know Dulwich is a really fast pace um, yeah. and you know some of the most amazing properties um, yeah. and then I've been uh, moved on to uh, Beckenham, Annalee uh, yeah and, and currently now I'm in West Norwood which I'm really really loving so okay. yeah for, for budding developers that are looking at potentially a way into becoming a developer, like what you just spoke about, being able to cover so many areas in South London, for example, you know, if you're looking to get into development, you really can't beat that from an experience point of view, because when somebody, if a sourcer pitches you a deal, but you've spent two years working in all these areas, you know the difference between that property on Liam Court Road versus that property mm -hmm. on Pinfall Road in Stram yeah. and the difference between them, even though they're really in close proximity. So I think for a lot of people, not necessarily starting out, but I definitely, I highly recommend, I actually almost regret that I didn't get to do my stint um, in an actual agency because I think it prepares you for so many different things, not yeah. to mention the contacts, the contact base, um, that you, you can build up as well. Do you know what, just touching on um, working in an agency, because I do get a lot of messages from like women in my position, or actually even some men sometimes, um, and they might be mums or they've got, you know, you, a lot of like responsibility demands in their life. And they're like, you know, I'd love to do what you're doing, but like, it's quite, you know, the hours are intense and can I find this sort of job part time? And, you know, the answer is no, but what you can do, which can gain you just as much as experience, is like property sourcing, um, which you yourself actually was like mm. helping me, encouraging me to sort of learn and, and sort of develop my skills in that. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. A lot of people might not be able to sacrifice that level of time um, to become an agent, but there are ways around it that you can still gain so much, um, you know, for me personally, I... I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to be in an agency for a couple of years. So this works for me. But I have through Instagram and networking met, like I've got like a couple of um, other property mums. And for instance, one in particular, um, I've got the contacts who will want to invest that she's got the, she's got the properties. Um, so bringing that together, all, you know, it's still experience. You're still learning. You're still working with new people and networking. So yeah, working in an agency is great, but you know, just for those that want to become that, want to, would love to work in property, but can't quite maybe commit those hours. Um, that's always another option. Because the hours, the hours are quite quite long. They're quite like yeah. you know, intense hours. Um, I mean, yeah, that's actually quite interesting for those that maybe do want to get in, into your field. What what is like 
like just talk us through what what is it like working this energy what are the hours like how do you find it what's a day in the life like for you you know being an agent is a bit like being on a hamster wheel um but one one that you're happy running on to be honest um you want to be running you want that wheel to keep to keep turning so your day starts early um the, the phone lines open for us at 9 a.m. But I know a lot of other agencies, it's like 8 a.m., 8, 8.30. Um, but I'm in every day for like 8, quarter past 8, because it's a really busy day. Um, you're working with so many different clients, and, and not just it's not just the people buying. You're working with the vendors, the people that own the properties. Um, so, you know, you're juggling lots of people, lots of appointments, and you have to have a memory, <laughs> a really good memory to, to keep that personal relationship with every person you you work with um averagely i probably finish between seven and eight i actually finish at half past six um and a lot of people don't understand you know some of my friends might ring me and say you're still in the office what are you doing there that's crazy you're not getting paid for that but you have to see the bigger picture so and that's what i mean by the demand um that makes all the difference that me staying until half seven eight will mean that i'll be able to become a property developer much sooner than someone that is you know ready to walk out the door at, at 6 30 so it's a it's a lot of commitment um you have to love what you're doing yeah so the sh short-term sacrifices for the long-term gains is what you're saying absolutely so then um did to get to get a job in the state agency i mean what what was the interview process like what skill set which i mean you mentioned being organized but away from being organized what other skill set did did they want you to have previous experience in property what were the requirements like? I've been really lucky. Mm. If I'm honest, I think a lot of the job is um, your personality. Mm. If people warm to you, you can be hired just based on that. Now, I don't want to, like, sort of, you know, send out any false um, advice because you, you obviously need to have some, you know, some basic skills, people skills, um, computer skills, um, and, and just sort of really some property, if you don't have the experience, at least have some passion. Because well before um, getting into property, I've always looked at buildings. I've always checked out property prices. Um, so you have to have that sort of naturally installed in you. But um, for instance, I kind of got into the industry in admin, but uh, the director, I won't say what name because it's quite a big company, but a, a director noticed me and said you know what are you doing in that um i was covering viewings and every time i was covering them i was getting them sales and he was like we're putting you in sales we think you'd be good at sales um you know and it really was just based on because back then i was obviously just doing admin i didn't know much it was really yeah. based on personality and, and, and just having that having a being personable with, with each person that you you meet yeah nothing you hit the nail on the head there though because if you've got a passion for it you know then you know like you'll be able to sell the property because you know what's good about the property and even if the property is a horrible property you know you'll be able to see the potential because of the passion yeah. and then it's a people business that you're working in like a lot of the time the properties may sell themselves but people buy from the person so you mentioned like obviously even when you was an admin you were getting these deals across the line because people warmed to you and wanted to buy through you and i think with the changes in the platforms where you know, it's it's just highly platform-led, so Zoopla and Rightmove, mm. as opposed to having, you know, Agent A or Agent B or pref a preferable agent. People go, yeah. they're property-driven rather than agent-driven, but 
being a like somebody who can you know assimilate with somebody and kind of build relationships and rapports quite quickly you can then build relationships which almost take you know take the earnest away from the platform and back onto personal relationships you can't beat a personal relationship i'm always banging on about it on my instagram about building a relationship with your agent um mm. and it makes all the difference um if i'm working with somebody and i've built a relationship with them for me the key things are you know you need to you need to kind of figure out what what does this person need sometimes they don't even know themselves you know they need to see a lot yeah. of properties to figure it out but it's about having that relationship so when that you know dream property comes available and i'm the first to hear about it i'm contacting you straight away and you're going to be the first to know about it the person that hasn't built up the relationship with me that's maybe been a bit you know not being so forthcoming and, and been you know not not sort of interacted um i'm unlikely to call them um in everything in life i think communication and building relationships is always going to be a plus isn't it yeah no, i think i think that's key like even just being like quite transparent with what you're looking for because if somebody's you know being cagey about their budget or something like yeah. that but in actual fact they want to property this in, for example, a certain school area, a certain school district or catchment area. If that's their main driver, you know to phone them about that property. And also then if they if you know what they want, you take them on the right viewing so you don't think they're a time waster and vice versa. So it works yeah. works both ways with, with your clients and for you as well to make sure that you can maximize how well how well you can do. And I think that, that leads me on very well to a question um, from Hussein, which is saying so on. It said maybe not on average, but maybe explain. So the question was, um, how much does the average estate agent earn in London? Because um, they'd love to be one. So you can either answer that question or maybe just talk about how it works, because it's a very commission-based industry. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, I think if you was to Google it, the average would probably be, I don't know, maybe something like, there's always a basic and i would say the average basic is probably between 18 to 20 um i think it's more the seniors that are going to be on a basic of like 23s plus um commission is what you want is what, you, what how much you want to make um it's hard to answer that question um i would have to just genuinely honestly just say every single agent i've ever met and different money it really does it depends on where you're based it depends on how hard you're going to work um yeah i don't want to i don't i, I don't want to say yeah. too much um because I, I mean everybody... i can it, it's completely different but just just to give you an idea like you said mm -hmm. like the basic i know some people that just are not there for the basic but they're there for the, the basic and the viewings that fall on their lap and the deals that happen to just yeah. fall on their lap and whatever and they might you know make 500 pounds commission on top of their basic they might make less they might make more some months but it's kind of they just make what the business gives them there's then people that are really proactive and i, I know agents that have had you know you know 10k months you yeah. know plus in terms of in terms of their commission so i think that's the great thing about the industry that you make as much as you want to make as long as the demand's there yeah absolutely and that's why it's quite hard um to to put a figure on it because let's just say between 30 to 50 plus mm, yeah. um and, but obviously you have juniors we have just normal negotiators and then you have seniors um but i i definitely promote um this this industry for anybody that um has that sort of sales drive in them um mainly and, and somebody and someone like myself I, I did actually go to uni for one year and mm. not all of us are um 
it's not for all of us i think some of us some of us work with our hands and, and more people people like working with people sorry um for instance my first trade was as a hairdresser um i then had a market stall so i've always i've always been a doer rather than you know um paper and pen paper and pen um so and i think it's amazing that i'm able to earn um you know levels that people have had to go to university for um, yeah. And I just think it's, you know, there's not that many industries that you can get that happy medium and, you know, live a really comfortable life. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's no, good. And I think um, SM1 just said, I can sell anything. So if you can sell anything, I think it might be it might be the industry for you because if you're good at sales, that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. It's a sales mm -hmm. slash customer service because you're building rapport. But um, if you are particularly... You know, if you're looking to start your property journey, it doesn't matter at what, you know, at what age, um, but it, it can be a really good way to begin that journey. Um, so, Joey Lynn, she noted that, uh, that she was lucky and I wanted to make the point that it was never luck. She is passionate about something, so she learned a bit of information. Um, so that's very nice from Joe. Oh, there. thank like, you so much. And I think that's the thing. Um, I saw, like, some quotes recently saying, like, um, that successful people often don't talk about like the luck element of um you know why their success is because it almost takes away from you know saying that it was by design but i think that what you notice with successful people is they may get lucky on occasions but they put themselves in that position to be able to receive that luck so somebody would say oh yeah you know they only got lucky that that person bought the property. But no, actually what happened was before that, she made 10 phone calls. Before that, she knew what the person wanted and you sold that property, not because of luck, but because you put yourself in a position to potentially receive that. So I think there is a balance between that and you should always remember yeah. to pat yourself on the back and don't put it down to luck, <laughs> but put it down to you know what? hard Thanks, work. <laughs> Thanks, I accept that. You know, <laughs> sometimes it is easy. I guess it's easier to, to sort of, you know, we don't. it's not in our nature to just naturally sort of, Big, big ourselves up like yeah, that. Yeah, but I think um, I think that's so important that we do, and we've had conversations with different people. But like, I think it's so important to you know to actually celebrate the big wins as well as the little wins. Yeah, um, because that's what drives you to keep going. When you said you you're thinking, oh, should I go home at six thirty? And then you don't, and then you get two deals across the line between seven and seven forty-five. That's yeah. when you know you say, okay, this is this is why I'm doing it. <laughs> Do you know what? This this is literally truth testament. Saturday morning, I walked into the office. The, the office that wasn't even, it wasn't working hours. And I looked at the phone and I thought, oh, you know, I hadn't even had a morning coffee, nothing. And something inside said, you know what? Answer that phone. This could be the next mm. bit of commission. Mm. Um, I grabbed the phone. It's a, it's, it was a lovely gentleman that was, you know, one of the other branches have just, they've just gone under offer. Um, I've got him into the property that just literally went live the night before. Within 10 minutes after the viewing, he's presented a full asking, um, full, full asking offer. So, you know, it does, it does making that, going that extra mile will 100% make the difference and, and will get you to where you need to be. But it's about consistency daily, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think maybe that leads me on quite well to another question I had. From a developer standpoint, like how... Obviously, we've, we've spoken about it as, you know, the, the, the trials and tribulations and the potential successes as an agent. But from a developer, 
that want to work with agents to proactively yeah. buy multiple properties. How would you say, you know, they best position themselves, put them in a best position to get those good properties and to also when putting an offer forward, what would you say makes one stand out above another? Um, again, communication, a hundred percent. Um, cause obviously we do get calls working in an agency. We do get calls from developers, um, and the difference that's, that stands out by miles is when you're taking a call and the person is just so so straight and transparent from, from the outset. You know, hey, look, I'm looking for this level of deal, you know, any sort of low leases. You know, I, I'm not interested in stuff that's not going to be, you know, people that maybe have had a sell that's fallen through and they really, really do need to like, move on. I think honesty is the best thing. The worst thing ever is to go to a viewing, like, like pursue a property that you're going to go and offer a lot, a lot below the asking price, not communicate none of this with the agent. Mm. The agent now takes their time out because, you know, let's be honest, time is money and that appointment could have been for somebody else. Um, and then they go, yeah, yeah, I'm really interested, really interested, but then present you with a ridiculous offer and, and then later down the line explain, well, you know, this is the reason why. So like that whole scenario there then creates a negative relationship. I'm unlikely to call that person back just because of the way they handled themselves. Because, um, you know, there's a difference between residential and I think that's where some people struggle. Like, so you can get some amazing deals. Um, but some properties through agencies, and then obviously this differs to what agency you're at. Like one agency I was at, would all, we had um, access to, to many good um, sort of, uh, opportunity properties um where i'm at now it's a kind of higher end um it's a different type of market so it's about choosing the right agents to work with as well i mean i would still say even so even the ones that have got the you know the top end always register yourself be really really polite be really really pleasant just be yourself like literally be yourself because we're all humans um so it sounds dodgy when someone's on the phone being dodgy you know <laughs> yeah no and i i do hear that and i think that that makes mm. a lot of sense like in terms of just communicating clearly what you want because like you said time is money there's no point them wasting your time and vice versa there's no point you wasting their time because if they're clear with what they want that person that you know for example, a property is on for five hundred thousand, and they want to offer four fifty. But you know they've turned down four offers at four ninety. You know there's no point in yeah. going on the viewing for your time and for their time. So I think that transparency. I think it was uh, Mr. Meeks. He asked yeah. um, how the developers get good deals from you. So I guess that kind of answers that question in terms of just transparency, being clear with what you want, and then what about the way in which an offer is presented. Is there like a format that you like that makes it easier? Like, is it, or is it just more information? You know, um, obviously each vendor is, is, it's a different sell. Um, but just on, on a general, um, I think it's always wise just to say, you know, some applicants will say to me, you know, like what's the, what's the vendor's position? Tell me about them, learn a bit about them. Um, and then when you're presenting your offer, if you're going to be going like under, I think it's always really, really helpful um, when an offer's presented with a bit of an explanation. Mm -hmm. um, that might the the vendor may never see that, but I just think it's you know it makes all it makes all of the difference. Some of these sales are emotional. Some people have had these houses for 30, 40 years. You know, it has to 
the other day I sort of lost my patience with 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 an applicant um, because he was you know he just wasn't understanding the value of a property, um, which I say quite personally sometimes because I just you know I'm so invested I know, in property because you because you love the properties <laughs> as well right so if you're looking at a property you're like East Dulwich you're like this is amazing and yeah. they're you it's not worth it you're thinking it is yeah it definitely is so do you know what and I think I might make it my new slogan I just I just said make it make sense for the vendor. Hmm. I don't need to have, we don't need to have a million conversations of why you think, you know, the property is valued at that, at that well, price. I like, I like that one. Make it make sense for the vendor. Get it on paper. Let's make this formal. Um, because, you know, it's not going to make no difference if you're just coming in, you know, blunt and, well, that's what I think it's worth end of. Like you just, it's just, it's, it always boils down to communication and, and, and relationships and making sure yeah. that you're treating, you know, just respect basic respect Cause, yeah, that's the other thing i've seen as well i've seen people accept a lower offer from somebody else because they just said i didn't like how that person offered yeah yeah it's, I've, I've seen that before in the past as well yeah yeah same here like that that happens quite often especially with like um i think first-time buyers i see that a lot with um you know when you've got like a hot first-time buyer property mm. there's always going to be those first-time buyers that are like super super cautious and, and come with like 25 questions and stuff like that and like literally a week ago that happened and and you know they offered five 5k higher than the other couple but just because of the the vendors found that would be such a headache <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. No, i've experienced yeah. that I'm, I'm, I've cur I'm currently be weaving a garden <laughs> yeah. between exchange and completion because oh, yeah God. i've got a um are you familiar with like a rider so it's like when the um it's like a schedule of works that off the back of a home buyer survey we agreed yeah. to complete. The rider was like a page of age, a page of A4. But because everybody's rushing to meet the stamp duty, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. But in a normal yeah. circumstance, I would just say, just put it back on the market. I can't deal with this. It's too yeah. much yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like, you know, like make it make sense for the vendor. Yeah, no, literally, <laughs> that's so it. That, that, I, might, I, might, I might adopt that one. We're going we're gonna to adopt that. We're going to make sure you say, we uh, heard it here first from the property mom, make it make sense for the vendor. Yeah, um, it's a deal, isn't it? Well, any yeah. deal is a deal. So if, as long as everybody's involved. And I think that's what does make the, a bit of the difference. Um, a lot of my um, applicants will say, and my vendors, you know, it's really, really nice to work with you. It's like a breath of fresh air. You, you, you really are different to other agents I've worked with. And I think the key is just making sure everybody in that dynamic is happy. You do. You do have a bit of a negative stigma as an estate agent. Almost, <laughs> almost, almost like a traffic warden. Like, oh, <laughs> God. Well, they call us the sharks, don't they? They say yeah. we're sharks and it's a shark industry. And it is. It's, it's cutthroat. It's cold. Um, obviously, I think having the experience of, of, of different kind of um, agencies, some are a lot more corporate than others, but doesn't matter where you go, it's always cutthroat. It's a cut for industry. Ooh, you're just doing these, you know, these transitions. You're doing them so well. We haven't even touched your list yet. We haven't even. Have you got? Have you got your? Can I see your hand? Have you got a notepad in your hand? No, literally, literally. <laughs> okay, nothing, we're all nothing. good. Okay, that was a great transition into a question from Coconut Sugar. It says, uh, "Would you say it's a male-dominated industry? And if so, how have you dealt with it?" Yeah, one hundred percent, and. It, uh, London by property mum is how I deal with it is by putting myself out there because I would love for more women to, to get into the industry um, 
and also just like as in property developers as well i mean i know there is there is a good selection of, of women to look up to out there um well, i've made amazing. sure by the way i was told off last <laughs> season this season 50 50 split of male and females of the guests well you know it's because it's it, it's probably in just instinctual for you like for like it is for for everybody in the sort of industry because it, it is a male dominated place mm. it's been hard at times um I've had the odd experience where I felt I was just as good as a male colleague, um, but he would be given the better opportunities than me. Um, he was just automatically more trusted than I was. Um, so there is still a little bit out there, you know, the whole, I don't know, let's not go too deep with sort of throwing out words and accusations, but yeah, it, it is a little yeah. bit male dominated, but um, you know, I just handle that by selling you can't no, that's you, it. You, the numbers Number, n numbers talk at the end of the day yeah. so if there was a you know if you felt there was a degree of sexism you know that but then you went and just s literally smashed everybody else's numbers you're going to yeah. smash that sexism out of the water because they you know i mean your desk is going to be at the front you're going to have the best phone they're going to make <laughs> sure that you are ready you're on the right viewings because realistically like because of the way the commission structure works your managers are incentivized to almost remove that potential element of sexism because whoever's doing the best makes them the most money. So if you're yeah. going to make them more money, they're more incentivized, you know, to make sure that you're in a position to do that. Do you know, honestly, like the fact that I'm, the fact that I've, I'm good at sales is what has literally carried me through in some, there's been some positions I've been in. Um, and you know, I'm always, I'm literally wearing my heart on my sleeve. I am who I am and I'm, I'm not, I'm not massively sort of the corporate. I think I'm just a more of a, a small sort of um, a small little team that works really, really well for me. But I've had to, you know, just I've, I've literally just made myself fit into places just because mm. nobody can sort of tell me anything because I've, I'm hitting those numbers. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, beating everyone on my team. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, you can be who you want to be. You could just be yourself and you don't have to worry whether it's male, female, whether they, you know, whether you fit into their their little box or not <laughs> yeah yeah first be yourself smash the numbers and you can be you want to be in the space <laughs> yeah literally like i'm just I, how i am now is how i always am um i just i'm just so transparent and i think that that's again that's what will will we'll keep it keep you going and even with a male dominated office you know you can't just you can't be authenticity can you and sales <laughs> no definitely definitely um so i think slight change of pace now you touched on it at the beginning but where from what you've learned what you've picked up what what do you want to do in the future because in terms of would you go through like you know would you want your own office would you want to own your own estate agency would you want to go into development like where do you see your career trajectory heading um i want to become a developer so, I mean, I'm always sort of promoting people getting on the property ladder and buying their first home. Um, I'm, when I'm in that position, I'm not going to invest in my first home. I'm going to invest in a property to create more capital. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's, that's my short-term goal. My long-term goal um, was, is to just be, doing, just to be doing development like as my career. Um, I don't necessarily need an office or anything like that. I don't think I, would, I wouldn't want, want my own agency. And it's not because I don't love what I'm doing. I really, really do love what I'm doing, but I know that I'll love development even more. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's not worth... You just got to do what you actually 
love and when i'm watching stories like yours and like tex jones you know these guys i'm like sitting behind a desk thinking oh god like there's i mean every part of me knows it's coming but like yeah. every part of me just wishes that i was out and about on the road you know in my developments project managing and you know being really doing what i want to love so that is the that is the long-term goal well, I'm sure, I'm sure it definitely is coming. Um, I'm sure I've seen your drive, I've seen your work ethic. And if you, you know what I mean, deliver that and continue that into whatever future ventures you want to go into, I'm sure you'll smash them just like you're smashing your targets in sales. Um, but I think the other side of that is you have to enjoy what you're doing now as well. You can't, like, you know, like there's a step to everything. And that whole concept of, you know, leveraging your nine to five to create a secondary income. And at that yeah. point, the secondary income gives you enough to be able to leave your nine to five. You can focus on that. Um, and also, I think like the difference between like owning and running an estate agency, because you actually enjoy, like you said, being out and about, being proactive, networking with people, like running an estate agency, you almost spend so much time, I think, or from my mind, and I'm sure mm -hmm. I'll get an owner of an estate agency on um, to maybe correct me or to argue this, but from my mind, like even when I was running a rent to rent business, I spent so much time like in an administrative role that I didn't actually get to do what I liked, which was sales and networking and yeah. you know deal brokerage and things like that. So I think definitely from the skill set you've kind of explained, your um, your goals are on the right path. Let me let me have a look at a couple of questions. Um, so it's not really directly for you, but you can have have, have a share. So it's when buying your first property, what is more important, your credit score? Um, or the capital that you have? Um, well, they're both they're both important, to be honest, yeah. because without the savings, you can't get a deposit anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and without the credit, it's, it's a lot harder yeah. for you to get a deposit. I mean, <clears throat> I think we've come leaps and bounds with sort of, um, you know, help out there with, with, with lending. And I think that you will end up with higher interest rates and you know, because you're more of a risk. Um, so, yeah, I think they're both as important as each other. Yeah, they literally, they go they go hand in hand because yeah. if you look at it this way, the amount for particularly on a residential mortgage, um, you know, there's 5% deposits now, but typically it's 10% up to 15% during um, the sort of COVID period. But that means you, of whatever property you want to buy, you're required to have that minimum of five, anywhere up to 15% as your deposit. Then in terms of how much the bank will lend you, that is based on your earnings requirements. So anywhere from four and a half to five times your earnings based on what your credit is. And the better your credit is, the lower the banks um, will lend you money at because it's just risk and reward. If you've always paid all your bills on time, don't have any debts, you're seen as lower risk, so you can borrow for cheaper, um, which means it costs you less on a monthly basis, so potentially you can even buy a slightly, you know, slightly nicer property. So I think that yeah, what was, just out of interest, um, I've seen, you know, these 5% mortgages, I've mm. seen a lot of um, sort of negative opinions on on them and mm. i just yeah just out of interest like what's your take on them um, so like i'm i'm a I, 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 i've looked at them um and i can see the pros and cons of both sides obviously a pro is that a five percent deposit means that people can get on a property ladder earlier with less savings um you know cause, and property prices although we've seen a slight dip last month generally speaking they go up 
they go up in London, they've been going up for the last however long. Yeah. When you look at it, like, you know, from further out, there's little troughs and ups and downs, but generally speaking, they go up. So the earlier you can get on, generally, the better it is for you. So that's great news for a lot of people. They can buy properties earlier. The downside is that if you've only got a 5% deposit, um, if those 5% mortgages are taken away, it means if property prices stay the same and there's not, no longer 5% mortgages, you could be in a position where you w- couldn't remortgage your property. So when your product comes to an end, you, you'd have to go on the, um, you'd be off the fixed products, go on the flexible product, which would mean you'd be paying really high um, repayments. Also, it could mean if property prices dips a little mm-hmm. bit and you know dip by 2%, you've now only got 3% equity. So you're now in a position where you're not mortgageable and basically what they call like a mortgage prisoner. So I think those yeah. things... Um, why they can be dangerous but because they do add an element of um, you know they make property investment more accessible I do like I do like them because of that and what I would probably say is in reality it's a combination of there should potentially be like a financial literacy course so you understand what you're getting yourself into when you take out that product because a lot of people that have been paying £1,200 rent for the last five years, but can't get a mortgage for £900 a month. And it's like, okay, if I've been paying £1,200 a month consistently for 60 payments over a five-year term, why are you saying that I can't afford this? Um, and it's that kind of balance there between, okay, what you know, what, is, what does the spreadsheet say? What does the numbers say? And then what's actually affordable? So I think things like that kind of, kind of make it a balance. But I do think as long as people understand what you know what the exposure is and there's also like an exit strategy for people so we're not just thinking about oh yeah for people five percent mortgages yeah. in two years time if there's you know change of government change of policy well those people are stuck there does need to be a long-term plan if you're telling people to sign up for a 30-year mortgage you effectively yeah. need a 30-year plan for these products as opposed to it just being like something that's like a stimulus for the economy um, that's kind of my my roundabout. Yeah. I kind of sat on the fence, so I didn't really give you a yeah, yes no, or no do you know answer. What? I can I can I can relate to that because I'm kind of a bit Switzerland on it too. Mm. Um, but yeah, first and foremost, I'd always advise anybody: if you've got five percent, wait a few more years, get your ten percent. You can only get new builds. Um, you're never going to be able to add value. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's unlikely you'd be able to add value to that. I would all any of my friends and family. I would always. Say, I think they're great. Um, and that's why I'm on the fence because I do get it's positive that people are able to get on the property ladder but you know I just think you have to you know, sort, sort of future safe proof yourself um, yeah and I think that's it it's what are you looking for because if you're looking for a family home and you're like look I just want a home I'm not looking at it as an investment I'm not looking at it as you know security I'm not looking at prices I'm just looking at look this is a great home for me or for my family or for me and somebody else then maybe the 5% mortgage is a great way for you to secure that home because it's a long-term investment and in the long term prices will go up and you'll be fine however if you're looking at something more short term you know when talking about investing in property one thing I always champion is you make your money when you buy so if you buy a brand new new build that's on a help to buy scheme and you've got a 5% deposit and it's already maybe 5 to 10% over market price, then you're in a position where you could be in negative equity. Um, so I think you just need to consider those things like what's your driver behind buying that property? 
and when you're looking at it and how long do you think you're going to be in that property for because if it's like you know potentially a home for life it's not really the end of the world but if it's like a short-term property that you're planning to sell in a couple of years time i think you have to be a lot more cagey and a lot more astute when buying and and pay a lot more attention to the numbers themselves absolutely couple of questions come in um let me see uh, which is an interesting one actually from Lauren is there greater competition slash is it harder to be hired by like a premium like estate agent so I guess they mean sort of um, your Foxtons <clears throat> your you know your KFHs maybe yeah um absolutely it's not it's not like an easy easy thing to get a job in, in all of those three big big um companies that you've just mentioned uh they're very very specific with and each branch will have a different um director that will you know they'll be have their own specific needs of who exactly they're looking for um i've been turned turned down by you know jobs that i was like really really confident and thought yeah you know i've definitely got this one in the bag (laughs) um yeah you have to stand out there's a lot of people out there that want to do this job so yeah it's not easy um and you know for, for instance foxons you have to be prepared to work i think it's twice a week like 8 8 a.m to 8 p.m um they're going to pick up on when they you know when they sort of suggest that to you your reaction needs to be 100 percent committed to that so yeah it's not easy you have to really really work hard um i would always always say to anybody that's interested in in pursuing um a job in as an estate agent if you have an interview and you need any advice you're always welcome to you know just drop me a dm definitely prepare for that definitely prepare for your interview yeah i think well you know you heard it there first got a property <laughs> my dear if you got an interview she give you a couple of hints and tips of uh, yeah. making sure prep for your interviews and how to get into the space so that's that's good um I'll answer Lauren's question quickly. Why is it harder to add value with a 5% mortgage? It's not necessarily it's harder to add value, but a lot of those properties are on like help to buy schemes or they're new build properties, which means that um, you may be paying a premium for that property. So it's not that it's not going to go up in value. It's that maybe you're overpaying to start with, um, which is that. And then there was also a question, which I saw, which I did want to touch on just before we conclude. Um, so I don't know if you've seen recently, they're saying for the first time, um, there has been a slight dip in property prices um, in London um, last month, I believe. How have you found the market recently? Where do you see it going? What, what are your thoughts on the market itself? So, yeah, there is some truth in that. And um, I'm just noticing that we are seeing... Um, each week is has been so different. I just literally can't even explain how like it's been an up and down dip um we've had like one i think i I mean i put everything quite publicly so if you do follow me you would have seen about three weeks ago i put a message out my store and just like guys i don't know what is going on is anyone else experiencing this like the inquiries are completely down we're sort of lowering the property prices uh, the marketing prices sorry people was happening to accept um offers lower than you know than what we were seeing just a few weeks beforehand um then last week it's booming again i just think it's such an unpredictable market market is hard to tell um the only thing i can sort of say where i do i can i can see that there, there is a slight dip is um 
unless it's a star property that has like multiple interest um we are seeing you know there ex people accepting lower offers um because there's just not as much demand as there was a few months ago which was the inevitable because we was in the stamp juicy holiday bubble wasn't we so and now that bubble is you know yeah i think i think that's it we're obviously we haven't truly seen like the effects of brexit yet um from a construction side of view we, we're seeing that slightly now with material prices going up which means build costs are, um, are higher um in terms of where the market's going to go you know in the short term we don't know there could always be a dip we're still off the back of of covid um with things like potentially evictions um the end of like you know the eviction ban the end of like mortgage holidays and things like that potentially are going to mean that you are going to see some more distressed properties come onto the market. Um, so a lot of opportunities in that way. But I think yeah. long term, the, the London demand, you know, London itself is almost a bubble because of the demand. It's a capital city. It's an amazing place to live. There's demand from all over the world. At the moment, we're talking about this, you know, this demand and there being maybe a slight dip, but that's without all of the international buyers as well because they've not come back yet because of because of covid and because of travel restrictions so i think it's a definitely i wouldn't i wouldn't put you know my foot out to say that i know exactly where it's going to go but for me when people when everybody asks oh when's the best time to buy i always say now because it doesn't yeah. matter you know what you're buying now as long as you're buying you know at the right price now you can still be in a position to make money and you can still pick up deals um so that would be my my i'm not worried at all you know i'm really mm. not worried i know there's a lot of um there's a lot of professionals in the industry that might be watching this going like you should be worried things are gonna you know go crazy and stuff but where there is and as horrible as it sounds where where there is downfall for for some there's going to mm. be rises for others um i think after the september um period sort of leading into october january i think actually we're going to be just as busy as we was Mm. um back when there was the bubble um so i think the momentum's going to go on for some time because like you said there's going to be there's going to be people in situations where they are going to have to sell their property there's going to be people in situations that that maybe their property's been on the market they've missed that sort of bubble and and they're, they're going to have to lower their prices because they need to move on um which is i mean i know I, i've come across a few comments on instagram recently people some people are saying they're waiting to after october to purchase um so there's a whole market there of people ready to ready and waiting <laughs> like yeah ready and to, to grab those opportunities that's it there's always opportunities you've just got to put yourself out there to be in a position to capture them if the market goes down that's an opportunity if the market goes up that's an opportunity you just need to understand yeah. how you can position yourself with whatever position you're in to take advantage of those of those opportunities um yeah and i think i think we'll kind of wrap it up there much appreciate you taking your time on a sunday to check in and spread some really really good knowledge um where where can the people find you because i've seen you you've done a couple of lives i've seen you you've been active on social media so if you're not already make sure you're following the london property mum just tell us thank what else is going on yeah thank you so much so i've been quite quiet on my instagram recently just because it's been super busy at work but i do mm -hmm. plan on um becoming a bit more interactive with you guys um and maybe you know who knows maybe i'll be hosting my own live 
in a few months and Kaz can come and join me. <laughs> I will, of course. I will, of course. I hope to be your first first guest on. Well, you will be. You. Do you know what? That's it now. You're my first yeah, guest. We locked in, yeah? <laughs> we we had it here first. Uh, so make sure you go and give her a follow if you're not. If you're looking to get into the industry, drop her a DM, get in touch, see how... Um, you know, you can reach out to London Property Mum. If you're catching up with this on Spotify or Amazon or Apple Podcasts, um, details will be in the description for how you can reach out. Um, away from that, I will be live each and every Sunday. We'll have a new episode out every week on a Monday um, on the podcast. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, as I mentioned. Next week, we've got Radhika um, Sharon, who is the queen of all things reels and HMO mm-hmm. conversions. She'll be talking about her experience in buying, um, buying and selling her HMOs. She refurbishes them in a really, really interesting way. Great design, great eye for details. So I definitely recommend locking in for that one. Thank you very much, guys, and I'll let you all enjoy the rest of your weekend. Catch us next week. See you later. Bye. Take care. Bye.